Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns nuggets now. And Biombo collects it. Durant into the fourth court. Right hand dribble this time. Bounce pass. Biombo straight to the rim. He lays it in with the left hand off the window. Do we have the other one? I'm just curious. Do we have the other one, Mitch? I mean, that was one of the baskets from the bench. Doesn't take long to find the two baskets. Do we have the other one? They had two baskets. Here's the problem. I don't remember who scored the other one. Campaign. Campaign and Bismack Biombo. That's it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I just useless. We, we this might, bench we, is useless. Might as well go for the, the daily double here. I'm gonna play you the one one of the two baskets from the Suns bench. Hell, we might as well play both. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Get it over with. <laughs> just be done with I it. Mean, can I you just have uh, to make sure it was actually pulled. <laughs> it probably wasn't. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I was mostly just making Can a you imagine joke. a team getting less out of their bench than the Phoenix Suns does? Can you imagine that? <laughs> getting less out of the bench. I mean, you're, they're, they're useless. They're all useless. Yeah. They're a zero. The bench is a zero for the Phoenix Suns. Now, listen, I, I think people understand it. You're paying super max to, to Book, super max to Durant, max to Aiton, and just about max to Chris Paul. There's no money for everybody else. Mm-hmm. There's no money. Mm-hmm. This is the main reason, the main reason, I, I did not want to make the trade. Now, I'll probably say this a few more times, but I'm not going to harp on this, <laughs> even if the Suns, because look, they may still come back Wait, and win. I'll probably say this a few more times, but I'm going to not I, harp on this. It's All right, too those, much. Those, they gave up too much to get Durant. They, they tried to do it without giving up Kale and Cam. They gave up too much. There's no depth. All of these guys are minimum players. Landry Shamit didn't play last night, thank God, but it didn't make a difference. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you play. Here's the thing. Stop complaining about who plays. You know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, I want Terrence Ross. Why? Oh, put in TJ Ward. Why? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. This bench is brutal. They're brutal. It's not going to make a difference. Just because they can score. Here's Jamal Crawford last night on NBA TV talking about how the Suns need more from their bench. He's the one suggesting Terrence Ross. I'll let him do it. They're going to have to lean on their bench. Terrence Ross, TJ Warren. We need to see these guys because, as Coach said, if even if Chris Paul is healthy, a groin, a hamstring, any wrong movement is going again. So you have to get these other guys to supplement. You can't have these guys doing their fourth quarter moves in the first quarter just to generate offense. You got to do a movement. You got to do a misdirection. Get these guys easier baskets and get the bench in the game. Let's let's go over the numbers here real quick, just yeah. because yeah, I got a screenshot here of a tweet that you sent out after last night's game. I included it in my in my notes. Okay, uh, you wrote on the Twitter machine, "quote This seems impossible, but it is real." In 71 minutes, among six. Players, the Suns bench scored a whopping four total points on all caps gulp, 16 shots. I don't know that it's ever been done before. I don't know that it's possible that you could play 70 minutes of bench players and end up with four points. I think that might be the first time in the history that a bench has played 70 or more minutes and scored less than five points. I mean, it seems impossible. It does seem impossible. 70 minutes. You had an hour and 10 minutes of basketball played by bench guys, and you got two baskets. Yeah. Yep. And last night, I don't know about you, I got the sense of desperation from Monty in trying to find the right combination and trying to do is that that I, I felt like Monty was coaching desperately when it came to the bench. Just Ish got two minutes and Craig got 11 and Biombo got 10, but it was almost all in the first half. Landale got the minutes, but it was in the second half. He only played Damian, five. Damian Lee. Damian Lee got 26 minutes. Twenty, And what did he shoot? Uh, he shot. Oh, for 
5. 0 for 5. Now, he got credited for his defense in the first half and what he did on Jamal Murray. I mean, okay. <laughs> no? I mean, yeah, did, okay. did you not notice I mean, that? Okay. Did you not see that? I mean... Yeah, how many points did the Suns score last night? Well, I, I know, but it's, no, not I mean, all, it's not all about the points you score, right? I mean, I it, mean but how many times have we said somebody's got to take some of the pressure off of Durant and Booker? I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying okay. I don't think Damian okay. Lee was a total zero out there because he went 0 for 5. I think he played 26 minutes for a reason because he was... Jamal Murray had one of his worst games that he's going to have in the postseason. Yep. And I think Damian Lee had something to do with that. But I would agree if the fundamental point is that more points have to come out of the bench. At this point, though, let's say you put, let's say you're money and you go, you know what? Yeah, let's play Terrence Ross 15 minutes in game three. Guy hasn't played hasn't in played. three weeks. He's played nine minutes in three weeks. You know how rusty that guy is? When you, when you fire up those engines, what do you got? You know, what's going to happen? Are, are the engines going to fire? Are they oh, going to take? Is it going to no. spark? Do we know? I mean, It'll be like the Boston song, Call the Engines. Right? We, we, we have no idea what T.J. Warren, we don't know what T.J. Warren can hasn't do. Played. He hasn't played. played. Okay, but isn't that, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, in some ways, isn't that because of Monty? Isn't it a problem for Monty? Like, shouldn't he have if he had figured this out before the playoffs started? Yes. The only guy that didn't play a whole lot with the Suns was KD. TJ Warren was there. He sat him on a bench and rotted him. Yes. He played Terrence Ross 20 minutes plus a game. And then in the playoffs, he doesn't, he's not going to play him. Like, if you, if you, if you weren't going to play Terrence Ross in the playoffs, shouldn't you have done something else? Shouldn't you have figured out something else? To your point, and it's easy to sit here and have a hindsight conversation, a Monday morning quarterback the hell out of this and say the Suns should have done this and that the Suns should have done that. You and I, and I distinctly, Distinctly remember multiple conversations you and I had over the last three weeks of the season just trying to figure out what Monty was doing with the bench, right? It was like every sure. game we would come in here and say, Well, look, we got the minutes this time, and this guy he's trying he this know. and he's trying that. He didn't know. He didn't know. He was just fitting this and fitting that and trying to get this guy to work and that guy to work. He but didn't maybe, know. Maybe, unless maybe Dylan Brooks is the answer. Maybe the Suns will sign him oh, in the you talk about in the offseason. He'll talk about be the bench guy. You just saying that because you saw him up on the TV I screen a second uh, no, ago. I, it's just toxic waste. No, thank you. Listen, what's the phrase? You, you, you can't make chicken soup out of chicken. Yes. That one. Know that one? It doesn't matter. Like, what do you do? There's not, like, to Monty's credit, okay? Yeah, what do you want me to do with this collection of junk? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do with it's this? True. It's true. Like, I mean, like, to Monty's credit, right? Now, I do think that, like, I, listen, I, I, I don't His think His hands that, are tied to a certain extent. Like, I, what are you going to do? No doubt. Like, no doubt. You, here's the ingredients to make a gourmet meal. What, but what do you have? A tur- You got turnips? <laughs> beets? <And> beets? <laughs> some cabbage? <laughs> some cabbage? Now make a gourmet meal. Make a gourmet meal. Where's the meat and potatoes? There are none. <laughs> yeah, here's some ramen noodles. No, I know. I know. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And look, and yeah, I, knew- I throw you in a can of Chef Boyardee beef ravioli. And I hate to say this, but I was thinking of you during last night's game because this is last night's game is is perfect fuel for the you shouldn't have traded for KD crowd, right? Because every everything about yeah. all of the flaws of that trade are coming home to roost right mm-hmm. now, and you're seeing them. They're being exposed. You've got no bench. You've got no depth. You got no players available. This for the you shouldn't have traded for KD crowd. Last night's game is food, and I and I and you and I are always. Always going to be on other sides of the fence on that one, right? Like, I'm always going to be, they, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they did it. What they're going to need to do when this offseason comes, and maybe a little bit sooner than we thought, 
But when this offseason comes, they're going to have to figure out how to restructure that bench with the limited resources that they're going to have. Because they're not going to have a lot of resources to be able to throw at. Don't bring Chris Paul back. Not with I, I save, and, and I save that's going to be one of the options. I don't have $30 million. I don't bring Chris Paul back next year no matter what. That is absolutely going to be one of the options. And, you know, like, right now, today, today, do, would you bring Chris Paul back? Today. No. Things can change, but I today, not. I wouldn't I would bring not. him back. Yeah, I saved no, $30 I million, and I have to pay him 15 but I saved 30 on the cap. I would not. I would 15 not 15 on the cap, whatever but it is. But that is priority number one this offseason. Restructure the bench to give you guys who you'll actually use in the playoffs, who, who, who bring something to the table on a consistent level in the playoffs, because right now, you do not have that at all. When we come back, technically, he won the battle last night, but man, this mismatch between the two big men was glaring again. Again, that's next to the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns nuggets now. If there's one thing we've learned about DeAndre Ayton over the years that he's been here is that sometimes the box score can really lie about him. At least that's an observation that I've had. Like, you can look at the box score and go, oh, DeAndre had a really good game. No, he didn't. Right. Or you can look at the box mm-hmm. score and say, ah, DeAndre didn't really have a good game. Actually, he did. Friends don't lie. You, you have to Box really, scores do. They, with, with Aiden, they do. You have to really watch the game to see. And, yeah. and I thought DeAndre, despite Jokic's crazy good numbers last night, I thought DeAndre Aiden played his butt off for a big chunk of that game last night. Now he made mistakes. He got into foul trouble, right? But... But I thought if, if energy and effort and engagement were the standards and were something they kept track of in a box score, yeah. I think DeAndre Eaton would have had a really good night last night. But it's impossible to look at last night and go, yeah, DeAndre Eaton won his battle against Jokic. No, he didn't. Jokic dominated the game. I mean, the Suns were kind of let him dominate the game, but Jokic dominated that game last night. He did. And I think that's the problem, right? The separation between Jokic and Eaton is pretty tremendous. And you could sit there and say, and you could, you could make an argument, Look, DeAndre, nobody's making fun of DeAndre for not hustling today. I mean, he hustled. He, he he just gets outplayed by a player that's at a different level than him. I mean, Jokic and everybody's just, you listen to the TNT postgame shows, and they're just raving about Jokic and how good he is. I mean, Jokic had 39 points and 16 rebounds and five assists. I mean, he's the, that's his second career playoff game with at least 35, 15, and 5. 35 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. No other Nuggets player has ever had a game with those totals. This is a, a incredibly dominant player. We'll find out tonight if him or Embiid win the MVP, right? That's tonight? Yeah, it's That's tonight. today. Like, so, you know. It's going to be Embiid. It'll, it should be Embiid. I think it'll be it'll, Embiid. It'll be Embiid. Yeah, okay. it'll, it'll be Embiid. Yeah, I mean, he could win it, but I, th- I think it's going to be Embiid. But, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah you have two stars. One of them goes 3 for 15 from the field and 0 for 9 from deep. He has a terrible game, but the other one has 39 points and 16 rebounds. Kept him in it. Gave him a chance to win. I mean, what was most imp- impressive was that that uh, that third quarter when Book was cooking in the third quarter. You know, they had the last nine points for the Denver Nuggets to keep him in it? Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. So, like, I, you can make an argument today. DeAndre was okay, but... But, like, he's no match. Like, there's a lot of separation between Jokic and D.A. And oh. we were hoping that it would be a little bit closer than it is. Yeah, there, there, there's tons of separation between the two. Now, now, when I say the Suns were letting this happen, I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like the Suns were just holding the door open for Nikola Jokic and rolling out the red carpet for him. But clearly, watching the game last night, it was pretty obvious. The defensive intensity was focused on Jamal Murray. It was very much a, let's cut the 
head off the snake kind of defensive approach to the Suns last night. We're going to choke off Jamal Murray. And if that means Jokic goes for 40, so be it. Jokic goes for 40. We're not going to let Jamal Murray beat us. Right. And so I think I think a lot of those points for Jokic came because of the defensive attention that was being played to Jamal Murray. That being said, and, and we got a lot of Stephen A. sound this morning. Um I want to play this just because it's specific to Jokic and how we play. This is Stephen A. this morning on ESPN. This kid, Jokic. I I can't. I laugh every time I see him. And it's not ridiculing him. He's great. He's phenomenal. He's a reigning two-time league MVP until at least the end of this afternoon when Embiid is announced that Embiid gets it, which I believe will happen. But to see this guy, I mean, just the way he walks in, it it looks like he's wobbling when he's walking into an arena for crying out loud, let alone when he's on the court. He can't jump onto a curb. He might get a half inch off the damn ground. No one can stop him. No one can stop him. I, my wife, my wife noticed that about halfway through last night's game. That he can't jump. She's like, he's not even jumping. I'm like, yeah, I know. And, and he did it again. It's like uh, he's not even jumping. I, I know. Yeah, I know. He doesn't really have to. He doesn't have to jump. He's just got. He's a big body. He gets great positioning. He's a smart player. He's instinctive. Very instinctive. Basketball IQ through the roof. A lot of touch around the basket. I'm amazed at the touch around the basket with the floater. Oh, just yeah. amazed at how, and then it's almost the, automatic, right? When the he gets the two, oh, the foot, yeah, the left, right, left, right. Where am I going? So I'm going to get to the basket either way. I'm either going to get it to my left because that's right. So many guys, there's always like charts on guys. You go, you want to force them left. You want to force them left. He's great going left. He's great going right. Like he's so good either way. It's like you can't you can't try to force him to go one way. He's really good. If he wants to back you down and get to the basket, it doesn't matter who's defending him. Yeah. If he's got the ball in the post and he wants to back you down and get to the, get a shot off the glass, he's going to. And, and that's, uh, you know, I think the Suns almost had this moment of you know, Suns in four from two years ago where they're like, look, they didn't have Jamal Murray two years ago and we beat him in four. So let's let's not worry as much about Nikola Jokic and let's just focus on the other guys and Jamal Murray in particular who really really struggled. I I, I don't were you watching the TNT post game show after the game yes. like deep into the TNT post game show? Yes. Kenny Smith got pissed. It was it was really good TV. Kenny Smith got furious because they put up a graphic TNT did of Jokic's numbers side by side with DeAndre Ayton's. And basically the gist of it was why the hell are we putting this up there? Why? This, this should not be a graphic. This right. should not be a point of con- that's like, a, the, too, too are, big of a separation. Are, and we, not close. are we trying to suggest that these two should be closer? Right? Are we trying to suggest that? I think that was right after somebody had like fooled with Kenny's chair and he couldn't get to the board. Or- <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't that, spin in the couldn't chair. Spin in the chair. Yeah. Um, and then they went fishing with the um, yes. was it, the Sacramento Kings last yes. night. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that's always funny. That's always a good bit. But but Kenny was apoplectic. He was beside himself. He was so upset that somebody would have the audacity to even suggest we're trying to compare Nikola Jokic to Deion. And you can't, I mean, really, if you think about it, if you watch that game yesterday, the comp wasn't Aiton versus Jokic. It was Booker versus Jokic. They weren't guarding each other. They weren't defending each other. I like that. But you know what I mean? They were very much like, oh, you've got to watch this. Oh, yeah, watch this. Oh, yeah, watch this. There was a stretch there in the late third, early fourth, where it felt like Nikola Jokic and Devin Booker were trading haymakers. Just everything you can do, I can do better. Oh, you're going to make a shot? I'm going to make a shot. You're going to make Okay, watch. That that was the battle last night. Just to see which one of those two was going to have something left or was going to have more help. And at the end of the day, Booker had 
virtually none, and Jokic had KCP. Jokic right. had help out there on the floor. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, Booker really struggled in the fourth. When that game was in doubt, Booker really struggled in the fourth quarter. I mean, he shot two of eight. He missed both of his three-point attempts, and Jokic was good. I think I had Jokic for four big baskets in in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, yeah, in the fourth, he was at eight points. He scored off a pass for Murray, but Denver had 80-77. He had a spinning move around DA, 82-79. Got a goaltending on KD. Then they're up by five, and then he scored off a pass for Murray to make it to make it 10. So here you've got Booker really struggling. you got Jokic, basket, 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 basket. I'm still good. I'm still good. Now, Look, part of that is like he doesn't play as many minutes as Booker, right? And and honestly, like you know, I like once you you know me, the rest matters more, you know, in between series. But in in the in the game, he's sitting for three or four minutes less. That's that that helps. That adds up. It that helps. It adds up, and it, it certainly helps that the Nuggets don't struggle in the non Jokic minutes so far this series. No, because they have depth. That, that's that's and that's been and that's been the real. Eye-opening part of this series for me is okay. You, you, I don't know about you, but I'm watching the game. I'm taking my notes. I look at it and go, okay. Jokic isn't on the floor. Take advantage. Jokic isn't out there. Here you go. Here's your window. And the Suns can't. No, they can't make it's any both games. Both games against those Jokic-less minutes that are out there. And it'd be, it'd be the Suns, they can't afford to have Booker-less minutes, right? They, no, they, 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 like, no. Can you imagine the Suns going six minutes of game time without Devin Booker being out there. They, they. they and killed in those minutes. There was a thought that crossed my mind last night for like a nanosecond. Is okay, the, like there was a point in the game where Josh Okoji had the easiest oh. five foot jump shot in front of him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like basically it was like you know you being two feet away from a garbage basket and not you would have made it a hundred percent of the time. Uh-huh. And he kicked it back out. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember that play very well. I think that those guys are so petrified to take shots that for a minute there, for a minute, I wondered if the Suns would be better off if they just played all five bench guys for two and a half minutes and let everybody rest. Just go, because then then they could play. Then they could play. And not worry about making and not shots worry about, because oh my they God, didn't put the ball in I'm going to pass hand. up this layup and I'm going to kick it out to a guy who's two for 14 from three. I mean, I, I really thought about it. Like, I wonder if they would just be pay, play campaign and Damian Lee and Bismack Biombo. You want some extra size? You play Landale or play Raw. Just you know what? Two and what do you got to lose? Play him for two and a half minutes. Let everybody rest for two and a half minutes and bring him back in. Call a timeout in between that to give him even more rest because these guys are reluctant to play. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. The X-Factor is a key player each and every game in the playoffs. And so far, the X-Factor has been Denver both times. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Thanks for hanging out with us here on this Tuesday afternoon. Coming off a 10-point loss by the Phoenix Suns last night in game two of the series. Down two games to none. Now we wait a couple of days until the Suns host the Nuggets on Friday. Still no status update on Chris Paul. We're waiting. I don't know if we're going to hear anything. I doubt we're going to hear anything official today. I wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point today we hear from an Adrian Wojnarowski or a Sham Sharania. 
or uh, John Gambadoro. I did oh. text so far, I did text a little while ago just to see if there's any update, and uh, nothing yet. Okay, nothing yeah. yet. No pressure, but I, I I would expect somebody's going to say something to someone, and eventually word will get out about what Chris Paul's diagnosis was. I'm assuming he's having some imaging done today, and they'll have a better idea of what they're dealing with with the injury. Look. We've been talking about this game all day long. Suns are down 0-2, and we've obviously talked about Kevin Durant, how he was good, not great. The Suns needed to be great. We talked about the bench. We haven't really talked about the three-point shooting. We will. It was dreadful last night. The Chris Paul injury, what it means, being down 0-2, all that stuff. But, you know, in all of those things, Gambo certainly are the main, main building blocks to why the Suns are down two games to none in this series. But then there's also like the grout in between the tile that holds it all together. You know, like the the X factors in these games. Man, Contavious Caldwell Pope last night was the grout. Yeah. He was the X factor. And in game one, it was Aaron Gordon. And in game one, it was Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon was three on fire. Or four from three. He killed, he killed it. And last night, it was KCP with yep. the three three pointers in the fourth quarter that were just murder for the yeah, Suns. Yeah, he shot uh, KCP in game two. Contavious Caldwell. This is why they got him. They got him for playoff experience. They got him for these moments. Five of six, he shot from the field. He only took six shots. He made five of them. Four of four from deep. Three of those were in the fourth quarter. He had 14 points. He had his first three-pointer with 9.59 left. That tied the score at 93. He had his second one off the nice pass from Jokic with eight minutes and 56 seconds left that put Denver ahead 76-73. And then the third one, I mean, I don't know, if did you think this was the dagger when he hit that one? Two minutes and 40 seconds left. He hits a three. Nuggets were up by eight. I thought the Murray jumper after that was the true okay. dagger. Okay. That, that was the dagger. That was the you're done, you're dead, you're finished, see you later, thanks for playing dagger. I thought the KCP three with two and a half minutes to go, three minutes to go, was the prelude to the dagger. So then Murray, so yeah, so KCP hits a three, two minutes and 40 seconds left. They're up by eight. Cameron Payne misses a three-pointer. The Suns at that point are four for 20 from the field. Murray comes back and scores over Payne. They're up by 10. There's two minutes left in the game. Yeah, and that was it. But I thought if we're really diving deep into the game last night, I thought just as important and just as crucial was what he did at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Because the Suns were still, they still had a pulse, right? They they had the lead for most of the third. They carried that lead over into the fourth. Yeah, they had just lost Chris Paul, but they hung in there enough at the end of the third with a couple of Booker baskets and and that they had a six-point lead, a five-point lead. Booker had that sweet reverse layup under the hoop to give him a five-point lead right before Jokic hit the basket at the end of the third quarter. And then KCP, and here's one of them. Those back-to-back threes at the beginning of the fourth were it just it punched the Suns in the face and they never really got their wits about it. Ahead to Murray. In transition, he finds Jokic at the top of the key. Back to Murray. Gets the pick from Jokic. A bounce pass to him in the lane. Left corner three from Caldwell Pope. is good again. KCP's hit back-to-back threes. That one, I actually, in my, I, I watched that one very closely a couple different times. I was like, how is he wide open? Booker was getting screened by Gordon. And when the ball went to Jokic, he immediately left. Because Booker was supposed to be on KCP. He left the area where KCP was to go double-team Jokic. And this is the pick your poison. Like, you know, who would you rather shoot the ball? Contavious Caldwell Pup or Jokic? You'd rather have KCP. Mm -hmm. So it's like... like in every NBA game, like this, you've got to make a decision, right? You got to make decisions. Like 
You, 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 Jokic is so good. You don't, you want to try to double him. You want to try to get the ball. He's such a good passer, though. So he finds KCP wide open three, but Book left that area where KCP was to come help on Jokic, which I don't have a problem with. The thing is, it left the guy wide open for a shot and he made it. Bruce Brown from the Nuggets after the game on what KCP did. He had big shots for us. KCP does everything for us. Um, me and him kind of in the same role. So, um, I mean, I try to learn as much as him. He's the only champion in here. So, learn as much. He's the only champion champion in here. I read that quote in print. It made me laugh even more when I heard it there. The audio. He's the he's the he's the one guy who's got championship pedigree in here. He's the one guy who's won one of these things before, right? And so we kind of lean on him in moments like he was. He was great. Like like I was telling you. Earlier, that when I look at Kavon Looney and what he did over the weekend, I had Kavon Looney uh, jealousy. And when, you know, Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis was doing his stuff for the Sacramento Kings, I had Sabonis envy when it came to DeAndre Ayton. Last night, I'll admit, I had a little KCP envy because the Suns just don't have a guy like that that you can say. Envy. Right, role player envy. Role player envy. I, I just, who's, who on the Suns is going to be the X Factor? I was reading an NBA.com preview of this series a couple of days ago before it started, and it said, who's the X Factor for the Phoenix Suns? They listed Devin Booker as the X Factor. And I laughed out loud because I thought, I mean, I guess, who else are you going to pick? Campaign? You know, who else are you going to pick? Toy Craig? The, the Suns don't have a guy like that who, hey, maybe he's the reason why you get hot and win the game. I had hoped, you remember, we talked about this a lot before the playoffs started. My hope was that the Suns bench, while not good, that they might be able to win a game for the Suns because one guy has that game. Remember? Remember those conversations? Sure. And I was totally against it. because KCP yeah. did it. And he's not a bench guy, but he's a role guy, right? He's a role yeah. player. I'm a role player who wins you a basketball game. KCP was that for Denver. And here we are. We're seven games into the playoffs for the Suns. I couldn't even tell you who that guy might be for Phoenix. I have no clue They're scared who that to guy death to play. They're scared to shoot. They're scared to shoot. They're scared to play. They feel like they got to give the ball to Booker and Durant every time. Yeah. And what they need to do is take some of the pressure off of those guys. You know who's not scared to shoot? Campaign. <laughs> Campaign's not scared to shoot at all. Yeah, I made one every now and then. It'd be I, all right. I'll give him credit. The guy's got tons of confidence, but he he is not. He's more than happy to let it fly out there. Sometimes it's like, whoa, whoa, stop! Don't do it. Yeah, and he, you know, he had the back injury. He was out for a while. Like, that's the thing. Like, he hasn't played in a while. Terrence Ross hasn't played. T.J. Warren hasn't played. You know, and you've got, you know, at one time the Suns had great depth. They had a really good bench. I thought they were, but not, not anymore. Yeah. Because, again, I mean, the high salaries that you've got tied up to your starters, you don't have to, they're going to rework, look, they're going to rework this bench anyway in the offseason because it's been a major problem. You just wonder, I mean, can the bench, you know, you said it earlier to me before the show, role players play better at home. I hope, you hope so. You hope so. You need somebody to step up. I mean, and we could like debate which guy is it going to be, but somebody's got to step up and help this basketball. That's team. look, you got to lean on that right now if you're the Suns. You got to hope that being it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Role players play better at home, and the hope is that the KCPs of the world, the Aaron Gordons of the world, the Bruce Browns of the world, a won't play as well on the road because they they don't have the comforts of being at home, and that the B the Suns, whether it's a Kogi, whether it's Craig, whether it's Payne, whether it's Ross, whomever that the role players might feel more empowered to play better at home. I mean, it's really 
that and Kevin Durant playing at an elite level are all you got to hang your hat on right now if you're the Suns to try to tie this thing up. Because if you split at home, you're, well, well, you know what? We're going to talk about that in a minute if you split at home. In the meantime, I want to play this. This is Charles Barkley last night on TNT. This probably was the most impressive victory I've seen for Denver. Because it wasn't one of those games where they shoot the ball well and they outscore people. They won the game on defense. This was a slugfest. And this is, you know, Mike Malone talks about it all the time. He says, he says guys, we got to play some defense. we got to play some defense. He keeps that little stat when they lose a quarter. Hey, we gave up 35 points that quarter and 55% shooting. If this team played defense like this, they're going to be tough to beat by anybody. That was Charles Barkley on TNT last night. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, so the Phoenix Suns are down two games to none in the series. Can they come back? Yeah. Will they come back? Well, we'll talk about the chances of that happening next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns nuggets now. True story. 30 years ago, he said it, and I was so <laughs> I was so excited that he said it. <laughs> Remember answering machines, Gambo? Oh my God! Remember yeah, answering of machines? Of okay. I do. Yeah, so you'd, you'd have you'd, before voicemail. Mm-hmm. You have the answering machine, right? Set yeah. up to your 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 landline at home. Remember those landlines, right? And you'd, you'd, have the, you'd have the answering machine, and if you called my home phone, you would get this on the other end of the line. I thought we um, played well enough to win, and they just took the game anyway. So we're down 0-2, and I know the next question is, are you guys dead? No, we're going to win the series. We're going to win one Tuesday. When the next game's Thursday, we'll win there, and we'll come back and we'll win the series on Sunday. And everybody will say what a great series it was. It has been a great series, just we haven't liked it too much. Because <laughs> we're a better team than the Lakers, and we will win. Leave a message after the beep. Leave a message after the beep. Hey, Steve, I'm not around. We're gonna we're gonna go to L.A. We're gonna win Game Three. We're gonna win Game Four. We're gonna come back here win Game Five. Everyone's gonna talk about what a great series it was. Leave your name and number at the beep. Thanks, but mm. yeah, seriously, you would call me. You would get that right. That's good. Thirty years ago to the day. Wow. Paul Westfall, the late Paul mm. Westfall, said that it was on May second, nineteen ninety three, after falling yeah. behind o two to the L A Lakers in year one of the. You talk about great experiment, experiments. The great Charles Barkley experiment was in year one. K J. Dan Marley, Charles Barkley, the, the said Sabalos, T C. T C. Richard Dumas, the whole crew. Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge, Frank Johnson, the whole crew. Mm. Right. The Great experiment of whether they could win a championship in year one with Charles Barkley. And in the first round, they were down 0-2. Now, back then, it was just a best of five. But, of course, they came back and won all three games. They won two in L.A., just like Paul yeah. Westfall said. They won two in L.A., they came back here, they won game five, and the rest was history. Does young, did young Charles know that Barkley wasn't going to win any titles at that time? <laughs> I just don't know if young Charles knew that. That was a great commercial. It's a great commercial. That's a really good commercial. I'm in championship. Don't tell me. I might be surprised. You'll be surprised. <laughs> first of all, the guy doing the Charles Barkley impersonation is really, really good. Talking about something like 
Swiss Gouda cheese or something like that. Right? It's so funny. It's really good. Yeah. It's really. How many, how many championships we're going to win? You know what? Don't tell me. Don't I want to be surprised. surprised. You're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the, it's you a got, funny commercial. That's a five game series. The history, the Suns have been in 13 playoff series that was seven game series in which they were down to nothing and they won exactly zero times. The Suns are 0 13 when they're down two games to none in a seven game series. Well, we this, will this be the year they break the trend? I don't know. The history of the NBA playoffs, and I have it in front of me, 413 times a team won their series after having a 2 nothing lead. 413 times. Okay, That's 92.6% of the time. 33 times a team recovered from an 0-2 deficit to win. 33 times. Out of 446, that's 7.4%. Okay. So you've got a 7.4% chance of coming back from down 0-2. Now, what I will say about that is the recent, recent history, we've actually seen it a lot more. I don't know, I don't know how to read into this, so I'll let you, I'll let you give me your answer on that. The Warriors did it this year. The Mavericks did it last year against the Suns. The Bucks did it in 21 against the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Clippers did it in 21 against the Jazz. The Bucks did it in 21 against the Nets. The Clippers did it in 21 against the Mavericks. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six times since 21. We've seen it happen, but only 33 times in the history of the league has it happened. So, so you tell me, 33 times it's happened. Six of them have happened in the last two years. So, so nearly 25 percent, right? Um, nearly 25 percent of the number of times that it's happened have happened in the last two years. Yeah, teams that are down to nothing coming back to win. I don't have an explanation for that. Why there's, is there, it? There's nothing. There's nothing that's popping into my head. And I'll open this up to the floor. Mitch, Ruby, got any ideas why? The three-point shot? is is. I mean, the three-point shot's been around for a while, but okay, certainly but these, teams are taking it far more now than they were yeah, before, I, I mean, right? but this, this goes back to the 1956 Pistons, the 69 Lakers, the 71 Bullets, the 77 Trailblazers. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't as dominant then as it is now, the teams that have come back. I mean, this, this stat, you know, 440. 46 times goes yeah. back a long way. Yeah, but why why so many recently I I don't know. I, I it's it's uh, that's my my I, only I, thought I, is that the three-point shot is just so much more so much more of a weapon for teams. You're never really out of it. Roops. Well, the talent level across the league even at the end of rosters has gone up exponentially over the years. So you can uh. see like a team like the Heat beating the Bucks is just players are better now. So the players in the lower seeded teams or if you're down 0-2 it's more likely that you can come back and win a couple games in a row just based off the it, talent level. It would require a little bit more digging, but I do wonder, too, of the six times that it's happened in the last two, many, two yeah. years, how many times did somebody get hurt in one of those series? How many times was injury a factor in those series? Like, Mavericks beat the Suns, there were no injuries. Were no Bucks injuries. beat the Suns, there were no injuries. Um, he didn't end up sitting out, but De'Aaron Fox fractured his... It, it was his index Anger, finger yeah, on his shooting hand, so that had to have some sort of an impact. Could, could have had some sort of an impact. And, and while Chris Paul wasn't injured, certainly Chris Paul was really worn down by the end of that Buck series, and he was really worn down by the end of that Mavs series. It might not have been a air quote injury, but we watched those games every single minute, you and I did. We all did, right? Chris Paul was not himself. No. Chris Paul was clearly not himself by nope. the end of the Bucks series, and he was not himself by the end of the Mavs series. So, again, maybe not an injury, but certainly something they were contending with. I don't know. I, look, if the Suns are to do it, 
All right. And neither one of us, you or I, are sitting here saying they can't or they won't. But it has to be two wins in games three and games four. It's non-negotiable. Totally. They, they lose either one of these, they're going to lose in five. Yeah, because then it's a, th- it's a three-game series, and you've got to win all three, and you've got to play two in Denver. Like, I think the ch- right now there is a little bit of margin for error, a little bit. You could lose one game. But if you go, if you split here, there, you have to win three games in a row, two in Denver to win. It's, uh, it becomes almost impossible. I'm glad you brought up the margin for error because this morning on Get Up, Brian Windhorst was was asked the question, are the Suns done? And here's what he said. They're not done, but their margin for error is non-existent. I mean, the thing about this game is Kevin Durant missed 17 shots and he missed 10 threes. And quite frankly, the way they're constructed, they cannot afford Kevin Durant or Devin Booker to have an off game. And now it's not even that Chris Paul had been playing particularly well. It's that when he was out there on the floor, he was a playmaking option, a guy who could create and get and make his own shot. They just don't have enough of those players. So they are going back home. They have been very good on balance offensively since Durant came there. But obviously, this is a huge challenge against a Nuggets team that looks like they're playing their best basketball over the last few months. Same video, Tim Legler on the back end of that was asked the same question and he said very bluntly, I don't think the Suns can win the series. And he even said it's very rare that I'm going to give up on a team that has just dropped the first two games on the road and has yet to play a single game at home. But he's like, the quality of the shots the Suns are getting right now, it's like an AAU team. It's like watching two superstars out there yeah. and they're just getting, they're, oh. they're carrying the team every single well, night. Well, Windhorst's point was exactly right on. Like, you... Jamal Murray had a really bad game and the Nuggets won. Why? Because Jokic was great and everybody, the other guys stepped up, like KCP stepped up and helped. Like they didn't get a good game out of Porter. They didn't get a good game out of Gordon. It was, it was because somebody else stepped up. That was KCP. The Suns have yet to have anybody step, step. And I think the Suns are in a really tough spot because if one of those guys has a bad game, I think their chances to win are almost zero. I agree. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers headed to State Farm Stadium with special guests, the Strokes on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets right now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. There were questions we needed answered by the Arizona Cardinals. Did we get the answers we were looking for? You'll hear them and the rest of the 4 o'clock reset next on the Burns and Gambo Show.